welcome to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I'm Tobias. I'm back again with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. I took a 10-day break from the gym. Uh, I've been going to the gym for exactly four years now with this mentality of, of uh, being consistent in those visits. For, so for the first two and a half years, I did three times a week. Then I ramped that up to four times a week, which is which, which on paper doesn't sound like much, but it's it's quite a bit more, at least for me. So what I specifically do at the gym is powerlifting. So it's not bodybuilding; it's trying to become as strong as I can humanly be. And then I had a flu about two weeks ago, and it took about a week to recover. And I was lying on the sofa watching Netflix, and I figured, well, this is nice. Let me take a few more days of break. No gym, no sports, nothing. So now I am back to the gym and I feel weaker than I have felt in four years. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, that's uh thank you for that motivational speak speech. That means if you go to the gym and you stop even for a week, you're going to get weak. <laughs> so I'm exactly. just going to I'm just going to stay weak and then I don't have that problem. <laughs> uh, so for me, uh, you might hear it. Um, I've had the man cold, so I've been, you know, uh, yeah, having a tough time, as you will, surviving. Um, but I've also had some time to spend horizontally over the weekend to contemplate on a couple of things, like the 40 to 50 blog drafts I have lying, lying around that I really want to get moving forward. So therefore, I recently did spend some time reviving some of those drafts, and I'm looking forward to writing some of those thoughts and considerations out into to the blog and publish. Um, and just want to kind of make a, a note on October is the kind of international cybersecurity awareness month. So maybe I'll just push uh, a few reflections on the cloud security and cybersecurity topics this time. Uh, feel free to hold me accountable for publishing something in October and we'll see how that goes. That's a good plan. I, I think I have maybe 20 to 30 blog post drafts that I'm never going to publish. I open them, then I go, well, I don't really want to write anything about this anymore, so let me just delete this. So if you get some stuff out, that will be admirable. A uh, couple of community highlights were actually just one this time, and this is from uh, Stefane Euskens. From zero to nearly hero with Azure OpenAI NLP and a vector-based search in Azure Cognitive search so super relevant and sort of going back to the idea of building your own open AI, open ai based solution toby any thoughts on this one so i, I took a look at that and I, I think it's a great highlight um you know I, I would urge anyone who's working with like azure cognitive search and vector-based search and want to understand some nlp and how that you know how that works and how do you do tokenization for example i think they're using Python in this one. Uh, it's an interesting article. So it's uh, it, it does go into some depth. There is uh, a lot of code and, and scripting that you can uh, make use of, and it does explain things. And then uh, kind of talks about combining Azure OpenAI and cognitive search together at the end uh, and, and really kind of paints the picture of, of how those, those can play together. So it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So if, if that floats your boat, then take a look at that one. Yeah, and the link for that will be in the show notes. So today's episode is about expectations on Microsoft Ignite 2023. And uh, I, I think we've done this for a couple of years now that when we know there's going to be an Ignite or a build 
or something similar where we are expecting a lot of announcements, a lot of sessions, a lot of content that we sort of align our expectations. What are we expecting from this particular event? And then after the event, we can dissect the announcements, the news, the stuff that was interesting, the stuff that we sort of missed, but we found later interesting. So this is more about the expectations and, and some thoughts on the actual events. So this will be on site and in person again. So it's going to be a hybrid event. Thoughts on this, Toby, uh, we've, we've discussed about hybrid events a couple of times in the past, but has your thinking evolved at all in the past couple of years? Uh, that's a it's a great reflection to do every now and then and think about this. And I, I think if we listen to the other episodes over the years uh, where we talked about this, then I think my opinion might have changed a little bit where in the past it was, no, I'm fully digital, like I do everything remote and I'm happy doing that because like most of the sessions, I don't go to them anyway, so I can just do that on demand online, which is still true. But I miss the people and the networking and the value of the FaceTime you get with people to actually spend time with people is incredible. It's it's priceless, really. And you don't get that if you do the virtual event. You know, there's a chat box and, you know, a, kind of a virtual community sometimes. But for me, that never worked out. That's super random, super anonymous in a way. Uh, but if you do meet up in person, you actually get to talk to people. You can introduce people you know to others and you can get introduced to new acquaintances and, and you know kind of expand your network. Uh, in a different way if you meet on the actual site where it happens. So for me, I think like going there in person would be beneficial for that reason. I would not go to attend sessions. I would go to meet people because that is something, especially like I do, I work fully remote, right? So I'm oftentimes in my home office. I do get to meet people downtown every now and then, but like my main work is from my home. Therefore, going to events it's becoming increasingly more interesting because that's where I get to meet the most people. So that's kind of my how my thoughts have changed from, no, I'll do everything remotely, I don't care. Uh, because back then I did meet a lot of people at other events, but now it's more, this will actually be a, a great time for me to meet up with people, not care about the sessions, but just talk to people. I, I like your thinking here. For me, here's an example. Just yesterday, there was an online event, so it's not a hybrid event. It's an online event, and all of the sessions that are being presented at the event will be live. So they will be conducted over Teams Live or whatever it's called, Teams events nowadays. And I signed up, and then I started looking, well, I need to see this, this, and this session. And for my local time, I'm based in Helsinki in Finland, for my local time, the sessions start from 6 p.m. and they run until 4 in the morning. And it's the middle of the week. So what I did, I signed up for all of the interesting bits. Then I prepped dinner for the kids. And one kid is still eating, one is on the sofa, one was packing for, for, for a field trip, for, for hiking or something. I opened my laptop, I put on just one earbud wireless earbud in, in my left ear, I figured, let me just sort of try to give 20% focus <laughs> on the session while I'm doing all the usual family stuff at home. And it really doesn't work at all because you're sort of focusing 
but then you're not really ingesting anything. You try to be multifocused and it's not humanly possible. So for me, I'm sort of craving for those in-person events again. Yet at the same time, I feel it would be next to impossible to allocate one full week for travel from Finland to Seattle. The travel is about 26 hours door to door. And then you're hugely jet lagged. The time difference is maybe what, nine, 10 hours, maybe nine hours. And then you're focusing fully on that stuff. Then you fly back home, you're jet lagged again. And now you're trying to sort of digest everything you learned, but everything else has been paused for a week because you were away. So now you're in catch up mode. So in that sense, I'm happy Ignite is hybrid again. So I can pick and choose what I feel is interesting, but I also feel I'm losing a lot of the value for not being in person. Yet I find it close to impossible. Let's see, at, at least for the next couple of years to actually invest the time and the effort and the money to go there for a week. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, you touch on a good point there, like talking about the value. It's also a free event if you attend virtually, right? So for me, that in itself is a huge value. So for me saying I'm not going to attend the sessions, that means I'm not going to attend the sessions when they happen. But when I see a session that I might want to attend, I'll just go and download it because you can do that now and it's free. So I think that's to that point um you know on, on the value but if you go on site you have to pay a fee right yeah you have to pay a fee i think the early bird fee is about fifteen hundred dollars and when that expires it's going to be about eighteen hundred dollars plus i think applicable tax state tax from washington state i have no idea how much it is i'm european so i always expect the tax to be included in whatever price is given to me but perhaps they will add tax for that plus flights, which I feel nowadays are more expensive than before the pandemic, plus hotels, plus the daily allowance that you typically have to have to uh, get, plus being away from home, plus being away from customer work. So it, it quickly adds up to five to seven thousand dollars for that one week of usable content, of course. And I truly value the social aspect in there. But yet at the same time, if I just want the content, I can mostly get it now for free virtually. And it's interesting to think, will the virtual attendance option, will it always be free? Or are we at some point coming to a situation that Microsoft or some other organizer will say, well, if you attend virtually, this is going to be $500. But if you attend in person, it's going to be 2000. Would you then pay 500 for it? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good reflection. And it, again, it depends on like, why are you attending? Are you attending for the just catching up and stuff? Are you attending because you really need to learn this or are you, you know, attending because you want to meet people? So I think, you know, that that will answer that question. So speaking about the content, uh, we did take a look at the kind of featured speakers and some keynotes and to try get an idea of what's coming. So what are your like top picks for the uh, feature speaker that you saw? So feature speakers, which in Microsoft lingo often means keynotes. I've been to so many keynotes 
in the past couple of decades on, on events like this. Previously, it was TechEd, and before that, it was something else. Uh, so I'm anxious, again, to hear Satya Nadella's keynote, and I know it will be about AI and Copilot, which is AI as well, will be interesting. And I'm trying to listen on those nowadays with this sort of what's the business value in there for customers sort of mindset and less on what's the actual technology driving this, because I mm -hmm. think I already know the technology well enough. And then I am thinking Charlie Bell and Vasu Yakal are talking about the future of security with AI. So it will be security co-pilot and all sorts of things, but perhaps I'm hoping that we're getting more tangible content and less slideware, if you will, because for example, for security co-pilot, I think it was initially announced in March 2023, so about six months ago, and we're still at the same stage. It's awesome. You just cannot use it yet. <laughs> so I'm hoping that are we now getting to the next step that, okay, this is the the uh, uh, availability for the public preview. This is going to be the pricing. This is what it can actually do for you. And then we would sort of move forward at least one step. So those two for me, how about for you? Yeah, I think those are good reflections. And just continuing on the kind of AI hype train, uh, Mark Versonovich is uh, doing one on inside Microsoft AI innovations, which is going to be interesting. Mark always has some some good sessions to share about, you know, how Azure works on the inside and things like that. Scott Gu is going to do AI transformation. So maybe we will hear something here about how AI is changing the industry. Hopefully we'll see more than just, hey, these are the services we have and capabilities, but more, this is what AI can do for you. This is what AI does for the industry. This is what AI is gonna be in the next 10 years. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping we'll see something like that. Uh, and there's also more stuff on, on Copilot uh, and Copilot productivity with Rajesh Ja and Jared Spataro. So we did take a, list, a look at the list of featured speakers and pretty much everything has AI in the title uh, or Copilot, which is also AI. So I, I think that's a kind of a broad theme of the conference. One yeah. of one of the one of the feedbacks that I've heard for a couple of years now from a lot of attendees is that they they are hoping and expecting Ignite to be more technical. But I feel Ignite is becoming more and more business focused as well. This is not to say there's not going to be hugely deeply technical sessions, of course, but the keynotes. I'm expecting those to be level one to 200 again, which is great because there's a lot of innovation happening. So I feel the keynotes for an event like Ignite, they are to sort of align expectations for people and set them on the same level for the upcoming sessions instead of being hugely technical and announcing super technical bits. No, no, it's my expectation is that keynotes are going to announce interesting bits, but they will be on the high level for now. Yeah, I think that's a kind of a good reflection, and and um, you know I'm looking forward to to see what comes out of these kind of featured sessions and the and the keynotes. And I, I agree that I want this to be high level. I want this to be on the decision maker level or the use case or what's in it for my business. Uh, what can I use it for? Or as opposed to just, you know, here's how you use the technical stuff. This is why you should use this service. And I feel that's how it's been the last couple of years. So talking about different sessions, there are different session types, right? I, I remember with Ignite in the past and other online events, there's been 
different types of sessions. You have the keynotes, they're usually streamed online and you can download them later. Uh, so they're kind of available to everyone. But then there are some other types of sessions, right? That may or may not be available to everyone, depending on where you're tuning in from. Yeah, that's probably one of the main differences this year compared to previous Ignites uh, during and after the pandemic is, is that some sessions are Seattle only, meaning you have to be in the room. A lot of or most of the sessions are going to be Seattle and online and will be recorded. But then there are some, I, I found a few from the schedule builder. Some sessions are online only, but will not be recorded, which is which is interesting. And I think these will be panel discussions or thoughts sharing things. So when you're not recording it, then people can maybe be a little bit more open on some aspects because then six months from now, somebody's not going to dig up that recording and saying, well, actually what you said then, I feel the opposite now, but when it's not recorded, you can sort of um, come up with new ideas a bit more openly when you know that it will only be the attendees in this room. And once it's said, it's gone forever. Yeah. And and apart from that, I think it kind of follows the the same structure we've seen before, where you have the keynotes we we talked about, you have some core themes, you have deep dives into products, you have like the opportunities to uh, uh, to do your networking if you're there in person. So looking at these different things, have you seen any differences this year in in the structure of the actual like the format or the the structure of the uh, the sessions, not the type of sessions, but more like the areas? Is it still going to be product deep, deep dives and core themes like it was the last time or do you think we're going to see something else here it it's it looks the same as the previous time so so core sessions in the sense that let's talk about microsoft 365 copilot for example but then there's going to be deep dive sessions as well and 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 a bit more pre-recorded content that will live longer than just through the event. So perhaps learning material that you can then digest later on. How do I build something with Azure OpenAI, for example? So I'm expecting a bit more on those as well. And I, I feel there's value in all of this, these different things. For me, what I'm still sort of hoping always to happen, but it rarely happens nowadays, is that the presenters would upload their slides, even as PDF files. They would upload those files together with the online sessions. Because what I often do is I download the slides, I flip them through, trying to find where's the value for me, what's the thing that I want to learn more about. And if it's a generic session on level 200 on, let's say, Azure OpenAI and, and Azure Cognitive Search, so I don't want to sit through 55 minutes of stuff I already might know. But if I know, well, there's going to be an interesting bit at, at the, close to the end, then I can just fast forward to that bit and get those five minutes of value. And it's better for me than suffer through 55 minutes and not really being sure if I'm actually getting the value or not. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. And what I do like about virtual events, you can usually speed it up and say, put the video on 200% and then just skim through and whenever it's you touch on something that, okay, this is what I was interested in. You can just speed it back down to the same, to that normal 100% speed and you can watch it and then can speed it up again. I really enjoy that because if the session is 45 minutes, you can digest it in 25 minutes. 
but you might not, you know, kind of comprehend every single word that they say, but it's more, for me, it's more scanning. Like I'm, I'm scanning for what I'm, I'm looking for something specific in this session. If they're going to talk about it, I'll probably notice it when it comes and then I'll slow it down to the normal speed and then I'll just speed it up again. So I, I really like that. Um, so any, any thoughts about the content? Because I think looking at the keynotes that's already published on the website, uh, we kind of had the angle and the, and the theme, which is kind of the broad strokes AI, right? Yeah, it will be a lot on AI, a lot on co-pilot, and there's different angles, of course, how you can approach this. But just flipping through the session catalog, um, if, I, if I'm looking at 10 sessions randomly, eight of those will have AI somehow weaved in to the title. And also the sort of future of work. How do you do Teams events? How do you do productivity and stuff like this? So it, it will be interesting. But there's there's much less on super deep, maybe more niche technical sessions, not to say they don't exist, but there's been so many announcements already this year, like Microsoft Fabric, Microsoft 365 Copilot, Security Copilot, that I think it's it's enough to fill a full event. Yet at the same time, if I reflect back to 10, 15 years ago, to an event like this, I would be expecting the next version of SQL Server or SharePoint or Windows Server. And we already have a public knowledge of Windows Server v next. And I flipped through the documentation, which is publicly open. And I'm like, I'm 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 not getting too excited about this because this just isn't something that I'm seeing there's a huge ask for any longer. Obviously there's a need, but it's not what's driving the narrative with any of the customers I work with. It's more about security and roadmaps and architectures and the future of, of security and AI. That's more what's on the table and the classic things is less. But then I'm happy we still have those sessions because I can always come back to those and quickly catch up on what's relevant for me, especially if I get the slides and when I get the recording and I can just fast forward to the bits that I find useful. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. So, any uh, any other takes on on this? I'm just excited to, you know, waiting for this to happen. Um, maybe as every year there will be some kind of announcement ahead of the event. Like the uh, they usually have a, a book of news for Build, I think, or for Ignite. Maybe there will be something like this where they kind of share a, a list of everything that will go on and be announced as well. Um, in the last couple of years, they published that online. I think at the same time as the event. Um, so hopefully there will be a, a different way to kind of dive into uh, updates coming out as well. Because I'm, if if there's some updates coming out to products, updates coming out to you know services or blog posts uh, that, that will announce something, usually those come out in, in that format or has done the last couple of years at least. So hopefully that will be something we can see as well. Because um, that, that was to me really beneficial where we could just take a, you know, at the same day as the event started, we had the book of news. We could either go to the event and attend the sessions, or I could skim through that and see, okay, here's a couple of interesting things. I could read the announcement about it. And then if I wanted to dive deep, I could go find a session about it as well. Agreed. And the total number of sessions is 480 that have been publicly announced on the schedule builder on the Ignite website. 
but interestingly, it's showing me uh, a day filter for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but then there's Friday and Saturday as well. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, it, it isn't happening on Saturday any longer. So perhaps there's tutorials or something that you could do on, on a Saturday as well. But back in the day, and this is not too many years ago, the the sort of process that you would do for an event like Ignite and Build is that you would go there in person. And then while the event was still running, you would try to download all of the recordings as MP4 files. And I still remember having those in full HD resolution. And I would upload those to my local media server. And then when I'm flying back home from the US, I would quickly synchronize 20 of the most interesting sessions to my mobile device so that on the flight back home, I could watch those offline in my own device. But no longer is that possible, I think, because now I think these will be shared over Microsoft Stream and they are not providing you with the capability of getting the raw media file. You always have to go back to the website and be connected and be online. And it's harder to sort of keep track that what was I watching for last week? Is there still something I was planning on watching? Because the sort of tracking between the sessions becomes gradually harder at the same time. Yeah. Makes sense. Alrighty, but but mostly it's it's business as usual in the sense that it will be online, it will be hybrid, and I feel there's much more people I know are planning to travel to Seattle to attend in person than in the past five years. And I can't say I wouldn't love to go, but the timing is just awful. So close to end of the year, so many projects, so many things happening at home that it's it's almost impossible to allocate one full week for this when I know, well, I get about 98% of the same content virtually, but obviously I am missing out on that human connection. Because as you said, it's not the same thing when you're at home, it's nine o'clock in the evening and there's an online chat during the session. It's not the same as being in the room or being in the hallway, having those discussions with the presenters, with the other attendees. So that's what I'm going to miss. Hopefully, a year or, or two from now, it would make more sense to travel in person. But for now, I'm super happy that the remote virtual option is, is so readily available. Yeah, sounds good. I think that's it for my thoughts around this. Anything else in your mind? No, no, just anxiously waiting for Ignite. So go and take a look at the schedule builder. We'll, we'll put the link in the show notes as well. Uh, and the last bit is, the unexpected question. Yeah, before that, there's just mm -hmm. one final reflection I have, and yep. that's we'll, we'll probably do a follow-up, like a recap episode. As soon as Ignite is done, we'll probably sit down and make a couple of notes and say, hey, here's the things I find most interesting. Here's what I think it means. So do look out for the kind of recap episode as well. But yeah, yeah uh, the unexpected question. Let's yes, go. the unexpected question I will be asking you, are you ready? I'm always ready. How many generative AI services do you use on a daily or weekly basis? Okay, so that's a that's a pretty relevant question. So not that unexpected, I'd say. So you're you're losing your 
uh, your touch with the unexpected questions here. This was a little bit too expected, I think. I use about two to three on average per day. Uh, sometimes perhaps I'm looking things up. Other times it's about finding a different angle to write something. Uh, and other times it's just about ideating. If I have a base idea, I want to let the generative uh, AI do kind of core research around that idea. And I can say, hey, I'm, I'm exploring this. This is a topic or this is an area of interest or you know whatever it is. Can you find 10 resources that you know ties into this? And can you give me the links so I can go dive in? And it does that like in a split second, because now using chat GPT, which is one of the services I use just for like research purposes and stuff like that, it now has a connection to Bing. So if you use the pro license and you use GPT-4, that is connected to Bing and can do live searches. You can say, hey, on this one website, can you digest the entire page and summarize it with five key takeaways? Yes, done. Can you do this for me on this website? Yes, done. Or you can ask it, hey, I'm looking for uh, something on Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which is October. Can you give me the top five resources I should uh, go read about cybersecurity uh, to strengthen my interest? And it's going to go search for that and give you relevant links to that as well. So it's pretty great. Uh, so I do use ChatGPT for that. Uh, most of the time I do um, spend time with uh, prompt engineering. And we talked about that in episode 191. I think that was prompt engineering techniques with ChatGPT and Azure OpenAI. So I'm evolving my prompt engineering game and I do realize how important it is to spend that time wisely and to really figure out how to write queries, but not just how to write a, a question, but a series of questions and tell it how to get the results, what format and how should the AI think about it? Like, should you reply with a chain of thought technique saying, hey, when you give me the answer, I don't just want the answer 42 to your question. I want to figure out how you got to that answer. What were the steps you did? Like write me a tutorial or give me your chain of thoughts on how you actually reached that answer. And then that's going to wildly very, uh, you know, be a fork in the road for how the conversation goes with uh, generative AI. So I do use them about two to three different services. I use the Bing one separately in the browser. I use the ChatGPT Pro uh, and then Azure OpenAI service instances as well. Um, and I, I use them for all the things I mentioned. I, I, I think if I will be asking you this question a year from now, next year in 2024, I, I think we would both go that, well, I'm using 10 or I don't even really know because we will be chaining a lot of the stuff together and it's sort of is hiding some of the details from us. So still very early days. Interesting though, to see that you're using multiple ones sort of based on the need and, and based of based on the desired outcome at the same time. Alrighty, this was all we had for expectations on Ignite. See you next week. All right, see you then.